Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And I'm TJ Miller. And welcome to episode 41 of the North Meet South web podcast. And three, two, one, recording. I'm recording, 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 recording. What are you drinking there, Michael? Delicious. It is a strawberry milk, strawberry flavored milk. Mmm, that looks delicious. Classic. Smooth and creamy, pura. It is. Mmm, yum yum. It is. Do you okay. do you get milk in boxes like this in America? Uh, I, yeah, I never sometimes. really thought to look. Sometimes. You do more plastic bottles. That's a destroying uh, the environment. We, we do though. No, we do. Yeah, like kids' lunches and stuff. Like you get them. I mean, not too, not too often in that size. That's a pretty big one. It's like what? But a like quart? a squeeze box. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. It's six hundred mils. Six hundred mils. Let's see. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, six hundred milliliters to quart. <laughs> Curious to know if that's what. It- <laughs> It's not even two quarts. Uh, it's about half a quart, so it's about like a quarter of a gallon. How many milliliters in a gallon? That's what I want to know. <laughs> three thousand, three thousand milliliters in it's a gallon. 20, so twenty fluid ounces. It's about a fifth of a gallon. So it's it's like yeah, similar to a quart-ish size quart, I suppose. It's a good amount. It's probably too much, and it's use- it's mostly sugar. It is. It is 62% of the recommended daily intake of sugar. Mm, boy, you're toast. In one in one go, yeah. All right, no more. No more for you. Um, no. I was going to uh, tell you something that I just... Oh, I was going to say the only thing I do mills for, MLs, is uh, medicine. So, yeah. like my daughter's medicine, I know... Like That's right, because it has to be mils. precise. Sure, there you go. 10 MLs, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, no, no precision with ounces, or yeah. quarts, or whatever yep. other made up things ounces, that literally quarts, only America is stuck on. Gallons, uh, we use liters though, as well. We have liters, you know, two liters. Oh, yeah, yeah. What we do you have liters? in liters? Like a soda, you know, like so. You have like a two liter of Coke, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And then sometimes you have Excellent. one liters, one liters of Coke. So it's all mixed up. You know, it's all mixed in there. Yeah. It's just like America, yeah. the melting pot. The great thing about America <laughs> is that there's so many opinions. And it's just some of everything. You know, it's a sum of everything. That's what makes America great. Diversity, right? Yeah. Okay. Enough with the political speak for today. Um, so I don't have anything particularly like on the top of my mind today to talk about as far as development stuff is related. Um, mm-hmm. I do have one project I've been working on that's been kind of interesting that I can talk about, uh, and a couple things I can share about PHP Storm maybe. Mm-hmm. And I've been working with Docker a little bit. Oh yeah, and you talk about yeah, that just a little bit. Just I mean barely, just a little bit. But and then what else was there? Not much. Not much else. Not much else. So that's not, that's for me. How about how about for you? What do you got going on top of your head here? For development related uh, stuff, well, not not necessarily development related, but I was thinking about it earlier today while I was pre pre recording. I was sitting on the couch. I was watching the Boomers. The Boomers is the Australian national basketball team. 
they're currently qualifying for the World Cup. So that's on. The Lakers okay. are playing. The Aussie Rules uh, preseason started up this weekend. So it's I'm in that sort of sweet spot in my sports that I follow where everything is all on at once and I am loving it. Enjoy that, man. I enjoy that. I, I don't want to... Uh... I don't want to sound like a downer because this is totally not the case because there are plenty of people who have kids and still watch sports all the time. But your binge watching of sports may be coming to a little <laughs> bit of a break, uh, although joyfully so. You're No, no, not true. Not true. You'll just involve no. your kid in it. That's all. Yeah. He'll just be like, hey, let's watch well, the boomers was... and he'll get super stoked or it's a he. So I know it is. I can just feel it. <laughs> so he'll get super stoked and be like, yeah, dad, the boomers It's going to be awesome. Mate. Well, the, the thing, <laughs> the thing for now is that <gasps> TJ. Um, it's TJ. Hey, TJ. He's making a See, special Jacob appearance. Jacob started talking about Docker, and TJ has been summoned. Oh my gosh! Hold on. Did you put a link in there? You did put a link in there. Okay, sweet. Uh, oh, Andrew was gonna make it too. All right, all right. TJ, I'm so glad you came on. This is gonna be fun. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Get on the show. <laughs> we got to have you start recording though, because we. Uh, this is North Meets South. North Meets South. Are you recording yet? I am now. It's all right. All right. Here he's he is. appropriately attired. He is. Yeah, you know? He's got his North Meets South shirt on. For sure. He's hanging out in the. He's hanging out in the lair in the Miller lair. Oh uh, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome T.J. Miller to the show. Uh, T.J. Miller is probably not a stranger to any of you. You've probably heard his name multiple times on this show. So, he is a resident cash money cohort. And uh, for those who don't know what that means, that's that's okay. He is just a guy that we literally hang out with and talk to every day. So, <laughs> yeah. so he's he's a good friend. He's a good friend. So, thanks for coming on, T.J. Oh, super course. stoked to have you on here. Yeah. This is kind of becoming like this. Like, it's kind of like a, just a guest show. Like, we pretty much show up on Friday or Saturday nights and just like, hey, who wants to come on? And then we just talk for a while and, and hang out. So um, we'll see how this does for the numbers. See if people continue to enjoy listening to our show, even though it's like kind of random ramblings about dev stuff. But hey. Dude, yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's like dev life, though, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. There's nothing so, consistent. You know, I, I said I had nothing dev to talk about, but I think... In my current role, it's that nothing is consistent. I get to work at you know nine o'clock on Monday, and by nine o one on Monday, everything that I had planned for that day and for that week is out the window because something broke, or someone wants something to come in, or the flavor of the day has changed, and we're going to work on something different. Last week, I found out that one of our upstream providers sent an email back in early December that said we are moving our API to some HA infrastructure and we'll be maintaining the old one for three months. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. You know, three months, I got plenty of time to figure this out. Only after reading three months, I realized that they had sent the email Two and a half on months the 5th ago. of December <laughs> and that I did not have three months, but I had three weeks to get oh, this sorted no. out. So oh, no. my week last week was turned on its head. Thankfully, they were just moving it because with a lot of the telecommunications stuff you're supposed to certify for the API. You can't just, I mean, you can develop against it, but if you want to use it in production, you have to certify that given a whole bunch of their test cases, your code will receive that 
you know, receive the data and respond to it in an appropriate way, which is not something I don't think maybe is terribly common in any of the APIs that you're doing, Jake, but True, might sorry. be a little bit different yeah. for you, TJ, ooh, with ooh, ooh. finance. Yeah, or that's talk about, I don't know. No, that's like that's kind of how Go we ahead. treat like our API at work is, you know, anybody who's going to be integrating into our payment gateway um, essentially mm. certifies to us. And what that looks like is we go, OK, like when you start your integration, you tell us all of the different parts of our gateway that you're going to use, whether it be like sales, refunds, tokenization. And then we basically like when you go to certify, when you're done with your integration, you have to like prove to us that you're like sending the right request and getting the right responses back and that everything is like behaving mm -hmm. accordingly. And then we, because there's governance over what pieces of data you supply on your receipts, you also have to send us mm -hmm. like example receipts that have all of those different pieces of data available. So you guys act as like yeah. the compliance team as well. Essentially, do you guys have like an internal compliance team that kind of handles that? Sort of, yeah. Like, um, I mean, it's really like a lot of the, the IT department that handles as far as like integrator compliance. Um, and it's really like, like they still have to like, each integrator also still has to be like individually compliant, but like we kind of help them with that by like yeah, sure. certifying this stuff. And then also like yeah. it kind of, you know, ensures that we're not bringing on like risky integrations too, because mm -hmm. we can kind of like, it's a little more in-depth process, which automatically weeds out you know, yeah, a lot of right. like cruft by like having to and go through actors, extra steps. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, do you guys also like, I know for some sort of PCI compliance stuff, like there's, there has to be like tests that are run kind of like on the network that the card stuff is going to be going through. And like for some tr uh, merchants, basically like the, they'll charge, like if you don't do your, your annual or by bi biannual like scan or something like that, they'll be like, okay, well, we're going to charge you 200 bucks or something. Is that something you guys do or am I completely like out in the weeds here? Mm -hmm. No, we charge like a PCI, like non-compliance fee, which basically yeah, means right. like you haven't gone through like this stuff for your compliance. And that all depends on like what you're doing. There's many different levels of PCI and yeah like it's you have to go through like some some levels require you go through like quarterly scans and that's mm -hmm. like typically just like external facing scans which is like sure, sure. really easy it gets done like automatically by like a third party provider and it's honestly like really easy to 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 do it's it's a lot of like pci is just paperwork and like really yeah standard best practices like there's nothing like crazy there it's really if you like follow like really good standard best practices and you keep documentation up to date proving that you're following those best practices yeah you're good to go yeah yeah that's yeah. interesting we, um, when we moved to eway for our stuff i looked at the absolute minimal amount of pci compliance that i had to adhere to so in terms of i think we're we're at a level where we have to do a self-assessment, but we only store the obfuscated card number, the expiry date, and token. And that's more just for, like, if someone wants to update their credit card details, we can say, you are currently using a card that ends with these four digits and expires on this date. Yeah. And also lets us, you know, manage, oh, your card's expiring. Uh, you know, you have to update your card details or your service will get turned off kind of thing. So, yeah, PCI for me has always been around doing as little as possible <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird because like it feels like there's some gray area as far as that sort of mm -hmm. is concerned as far as like if you hit like self-assessment level or if you actually hit more because 
there's like in the way that it's worded, it says like if you if your network is responsible for the transmission of any of the data, the credit card data, then you are automatically bumped up to like level whatever, right? Outside yeah. of like this A level, which is kind of like if it says it says if there's any transmission or storage of the data. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's talking about like full credit card numbers. Is, yeah. which they call there's some i can't remember what the word is for it. they don't call it credit card number but yeah if you like it's basically the cards pan like if you're storing the pan, card that's like it. yeah if you're yeah. storing the card's number or it's transmitting through your, your network infrastructure in any way like yeah. if your website intakes that and like even if it's just for like a microsecond it's still touching yep. your network yeah. and that exactly. basically like if you're touching or storing full card data your saqd which is like you, Hardcore. You, you'd rather not do that. Yeah, it's yeah. easier to like build the infrastructure to not do that than it is to actually be that, right? Yeah, and there's lots of like good tools out there. You know, like Stripe's a good one. Um, you know, our at work, like we're building out like a whole suite, like a whole brand new suite of utilities that's going to keep you within like the SAQA, which is like the mm-hmm. lightest weight you can be, which is typically like token storage it's a lot of like what you're doing michael yeah like obfuscated card number expiration and like card holder name like basic stuff that you can like identify against a token but like you're not actually yeah. storing card data right 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 yeah yeah it just as a psa on on what tj said with regards to you know things hitting your server even for a microsecond always avoid whenever possible giving your card inputs if you are hosting the the, the card number collection part yourself do not give the input fields a name attribute because then you always run the risk of accidentally posting that to your server and that can lead you into some murky water around compliance requirements so yeah um, yeah if you're using if you're using stripe obviously use uh, the the javascript stuff that, that they host or the stripe elements ui and things like that we use with eway they've got a they have a hosted JavaScript thing. And basically, if we can't load or we can't initialize that JavaScript library, we'll bail out of the entire credit card processing, you know, functionality whatsoever. We just say, sorry, we can't we can't update your card details right now. We can't process your payment right now. Like if there is any chance that those card details are gonna be available somewhere in that transmission as clear text, we just nope out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's and like what Stripe does and like what we're doing um, at International Band Card with our like new solution is, you know, it's like a, it's the same thing that Stripe does where it's it's an embedded like iframe and we basically pass you back the token. So like all of mm-hmm. the card details stay on our infrastructure and stay yeah. on the on the user's side. Right. So like with with um, with PCI, like one of the things that it says is that like the public Internet is not part of the scope of your system. Right. Which is obvious. Right. But it's stated as such. So like if if the transmission is on the user's browser or on the user's computer, then like you're obviously excluded from having to protect that. So that's essentially for anybody who has not worked with Stripe or does not understand how that works. Essentially what it's a combination kind of of what Michael and TJ said, right? So you don't give the inputs a name, which means that when they're submitted, they won't go server side. But what Stripe does is it will intercept those fields. Essentially you submit it with JavaScript, you send those fields to Stripe via HTTPS it will take those fields, validate them, and then send you back a token. And that token is what hits your server. And that's the only thing that hits your Mm -hmm. server so that you are now absolved of that responsibility to handle any of the card data, which is, you know, amazing. And without your secret key, obviously, or your, 
you know your credentials that token is useless so you, if someone happens to compromise your database or catch that token in flight right on a compromised network or whatever unless they've also got your your secret key or your server side key with those transaction details they they can't they can't do anything with that token so exactly yep yeah never dump your secret key into javascript for example yeah i remember learning about that for the first time and being so amazed by this like this whole thing i was like oh that's genius how they do that i wanted to give as a quick psa um tj we had talked about this when we were at laricon in new york city and I was talking about this card called Final. Do you remember me talking about that? I think so. Which they have since went belly up, by the way. Uh, they're they're done. <gasps> Del Brady. <gasps> he's he's trying. <laughs> it's a party. Oh my okay. goodness. <laughs> Andrew. No, dude. Just no press way. just press record and start. You're getting in on this conversation. This is we're gonna be up till like one o'clock. This is gonna be amazing. <laughs> um Okay, so so TJ, we had talked about this with this final card. Essentially, what it does is it generates a random card number for you to use, uh, mm-hmm. and so essentially, it protects your card from getting compromised on like a bad actor or a bad website, bad merchant, whatever, right? So it was a great tool because you could generate a card and you had two options. You could either do like a one-time use, so it was available for one transaction and then it was done, or you could do a merchant locked transaction so once it's been used one time that merchant it locks it down to that merchant so like only netflix can use it right (laughs) so i was really sad to see that they went away but i just found another site it is called privacy.com yeah it does the same thing does the same thing so privacy.com you can go sign up for an account there and you can um you can hook it up with any of your credit cards or your bank and it will do the exact same thing for you it generates a random credit card number and it's free to use uh, and it does merchant lock. It actually does spending limits. It does all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, so I would highly suggest checking that out. You know, it's always a huge pain when you have a compromised card and then it's mm-hmm. just blown away. You know, you have to go like to all your server stuff. This has happened multiple times yeah. with one of our cards at work. So I think what you can do with this is you can actually provide a different source if your card it gets compromised if your one card gets compromised no big deal because it's just like one number but you can actually with uh, security.com or whatever you can swap out what the payment provider is and all those card numbers stay the same across all those other sites right pretty cool yeah so it's kind of sweet. like one password for your credit card i guess exactly exactly right that's a great way to put yeah. it yeah there's a there's a few of these programmable credit cards that i've seen around the place as well coin that, that you can get yeah or swipe there's another one called fuse i think there's a whole bunch of them. It'd be nice if they actually get off the cr- off the ground. Plus, plastic, P L A S T C was another one. Oh no, they went belly up. <laughs> I think there was a Detroit-based one that started up at some point in time. Mm. That was one of those mm. like programmable cards. But like that's basically the concept of like how like Apple Pay works. Like exactly every time it, it like yeah. generates a like one-time use card number. Yep. Yep. I think it's awesome. Hey. I want to take a quick second here to introduce another guest who has joined us, who is also a Cash Money cohort. This is Mr. Andrew Delpretti. Andrew is one of the lead developers at uh, the Music Bed <laughs> in Alaska. <laughs> he's joining us at, let's see, what is it, 918 your time? Is it 918? 818. So he's three hours, uh, three hours behind me, four hours behind TJ, and like 11 hours behind Michael. Is that right? Yeah, about that. I should have I should have started this podcast with Andrew. It's much easier to coordinate times. Seriously. <laughs> no, he's saying he's saying he should have done North Meets South with Andrew and Michael. That's what he's saying because your time zones would have been easier. Like the whole podcast, not this podcast. 
It's a backhand <laughs> comment. Just smack in the face. You do need oh, to no, be you recording. Gotta record. So this will it'll it's okay. You'll just be um uh it'll just be nope, we're not going yeah. to. It's just gonna be in there anyway. It'll be totally fine. So here's what here's here's the here's the format for today. Uh this was not planned to do four people, but it's it's gonna work great. So I would say we each get a section here to talk about one work-related thing, maybe like a book or a movie we've read recently, and then one controversial thing, if you want. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, and we'll man. see. we'll see how that goes. So uh, I'll let you guys think about it and percolate on that stuff for a couple minutes. And um, How would I go first? I can't stay too long. Okay, Andrew, you I got go. three things. You okay, go. a work-related thing or a book or a movie and something controversial. Yep. All right. Uh, work related. Uh, so over the last eight months, uh, the, my my team and I have been working on pretty much a complete overhaul of everything on our site. So we're rebuilding a bunch of stuff. So and it's about to be pretty close to being done. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We've been working on it, like I said, like eight months or so. And it's I think we got about a month left, maybe. And you guys are happy to react, it. right? We are. So we're. <clears throat> We're even more heavily into it now. And it's been fun. It's been learning a ton. It's been really exciting to see everybody kind of stepping up and, and uh, you know, investing their time and energy into into it because it's going to be really cool. So anyway, that's that's the work-related thing. I can't talk too much about specifics, but I'm really excited and happy for the team. And everybody's done a great job, and it's been real fun. Uh, and you're still happy with your choice to use React. You're still, I mean, you, that's been a solid choice for you guys, and you feel <laughs> this, like it's. This isn't. This isn't my controversial thing yet, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. All right. Moving on. Moving on. I, I feel like I'm in like a, a pit of lions here. No, All you're, you good. Guys. you're good. You're <laughs> I, I use Express over Laravel. Oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy. No. Um, so book or movie I've, I've been reading lots of books obviously like I, I always seem to be reading books but uh let's see i just finished iron gold which is the whole oh my um, gosh oh my gosh yeah did you I'm, finish it i've got to get that book oh you haven't started yet Jeez, no. it's, it's really good it's uh, set a little further in the timeline and i won't spoil anything it's a different but it's really good uh, and i have to finish the that. third book I'm okay. a little bit behind. <laughs> oh my word, the third book. I remember a point in the third book where I was literally, I remember it as clear as day. Like it was one of those moments in my life where I will never forget. I was sitting in my chair at home. I was reading it and I got up and I belt through the book through the window. And I was oh like, gosh. I was just like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. I was so emotionally yeah. just like in the this, story. That was the most, one is, that is the most psyched up I've ever been about any book yeah. slash movie ever in my life is amazing. This one's even this like this is ten times more, dude. Oh, I'm so it's excited. Like, it's ridiculous. I anyway. It, I'm so excited. Really, Do I need to go brutal. back and read one through three first, or am I good? I'll read the uh, like synopsis like of the of the book, so you know okay. like who the different houses are. And, yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. All the plot, everything that happened. Because I got a little confused when I first started. I had to go back through. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also reading the Fourth Wheel of Time book, which is a huge series. Nice. And it's awesome, yeah. and been doing a lot of audiobooks and other series. But those are the kind of the two main ones lately. Controversial. Uh, my opinion on gun stuff has changed over the years. Ooh, I'm interested more to hear so. This. so I, you know, live in Alaska. Alaska. I'm from Texas. 
Um, I grew up around guns. I, I actually grew up in Vegas first and uh, went to a shooting range with my dad, shot all kinds of guns. Um, you know, it was more into the, the, the sport of it, not like hunting, but just shooting targets and things. And uh, it was cool because my dad taught me how to like respect the gun, respect the people around you, you know, how to, you know, just proper gun handling and safety and stuff. But, um, you know, I had Texas, I had a concealed permit there for, you know, a concealed handgun, rifles, shotguns, blah, blah, blah. Then I moved to Alaska and we have bear and moose everywhere. And I, you know, still, you know, carry a gun with me when we go hiking and things like that. My, I guess my point of change a little bit is whether I thought that everybody should have a gun so they can protect themselves. I think that works maybe in some places, possibly, uh, or some situations, but not all situations. I don't think it's something that, like, everybody can just handle a gun. You know, Correct. With the, yeah. the little bit of training that they give you. Even as a concealed permit holder in Texas, I had to go through, like, a day training. And, and I had to answer a lot of rigorous tests, like legal tests, shooting tests, uh, and, pr- and prove that I could do certain things. But to actually, like, physically shoot somebody uh, that was threatening uh, other people's lives or my lives is a different story. So uh, I guess where I lean on it now is I used to kind of think, well, maybe teachers should have guns and people should have guns. And I'm kind of on the side of like, well, maybe they could, like if they decided to, but I don't think it should be forced on them. But I, don't, I think in the, the like the a long-term solution would be a little closer to something maybe like Australia, not take away guns completely, uh, but have a stronger laws and restrictions and, and things like that and somehow get that in there with the, the amendments that we have um but there's got to be something we're just that's, making a new amendment done. yeah amend the amendment i mean it happens <laughs> i mean that's yeah. what they that's what, that's what they're there for they're there to be amended yep so that's it that's it i guess that's part of it like i said i'm not like anti-gun i'm i don't want to see guns in the hands of people that are crazy and i don't think everybody should have a gun no matter what the law says and uh so that's that yeah, um, that's a tough one, dude. We could do a whole episode on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like my opinions have just, I, I'm, I feel like I'm more open recently to just other lines of logic and reasoning towards mm-hmm. it. Like it's always been a very like open, closed subject for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same, same way as you, Andrew. I grew up in Michigan. Like everybody went hunting. Like everybody had guns. It was yeah. always a thing. Even my, the place where I work, we have like, I don't know. We probably have like a dozen people who carry every day, like in the building. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I'm totally comfortable with guns, but yeah, it's just, there's just a lot of questions. I'm just going through a lot of stuff, like trying to figure it out in my head. Like what, you know, what is reasonable? Like, what do I think about this? Like what, you know, yeah. what are the reasons and, um, you know, who does really need a gun? I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough situation. I mean, it's the whole culture yeah. in, in, in the United States too. I mean, there's just a lot of things that make it different than everywhere else in the world, really. You yeah. Know? Mm. Um, yep. So anyway, I think there's a lot of stuff to go through, but yeah, we, I don't want to dig too much into that. Yeah, it's we'll a lot. I, can, I mean, we could talk about it a ton, but I guess my main thing was that my opinions have changed a little yeah. bit on that. And mm. uh, so I just been trying to voice it and also just like you think it through, like what, what do I feel about this now and what's, what's wise and what's realistic yeah because i think a lot of people on the left very very left and very very right are crazy and sometimes <laughs> just yeah. putting it out there i think it's some of it's just ridiculous what they say like that's never going to happen or never going to work but we can we need to do something like do, yeah. doing nothing is not an option yeah but there's yeah. got to be something that we can do to agree on but 
Um, anyhow, guys, I I have to go. I, I I literally just wanted to jump in and say hi. I, thanks I for coming on, man. You're really I have yeah, I, I, I have I've been it. recording since I said I was recording, Michael. And I'll try to <laughs> I'll tell you the time I started and to give you this thing. So, um, sure. Okay, I appreciate you guys. Thanks, you Andrew. Good time, yeah, everybody. Bye. See you, dude. Okay, bye. Thanks, mate. Bye. All right, gents. Who wants to take the next stab at it? Stuff we're working Before on. Before we go, work. how's that? He comes on for like five minutes, talks about guns, and then leaves. I know, and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to leave it right there. We're going to leave it yeah. there. We're not even going to touch that thing. Man. I know. I don't, I don't, honestly, I'm really curious about your guys' stance. I, I don't, honestly, I'm not curious about Michael's. I know where Michael is at it. Is on it. Yeah. Um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing. Okay, and, hit me. And, and, then, and then we'll move away from the topic, I think. You know, Aaron that you met in Louisville, yeah, yeah. He, he, he recently got a, a gun license here. He went through so much testing. He had to do, you know, he had to prove that he was mentally competent. He had to prove all of this. It took him 12 months to get a license. Wow. Like you're talking about, when I say you, America's talking about, oh, you know, we want to have like make it a week or three weeks or something. He went through 12 months from I want to have a gun to I have a license. He doesn't even have a gun yet. He just has the license for one. So 12 months. Well, Illinois, like Illinois has like something similar. Like, so we have a, what's called a FOID card, a firearm, firearm owner identification. And mm -hmm. um, pretty much anywhere in Illinois, if you if you are caught holding, transporting any sort of anything with a gun and you don't have one of these cards, you're arrested. Like you can't do that. Like, yeah. so it's, it's essentially the same thing. It's essentially the same idea. And mm. it takes a while to get that. It takes a couple months. So we have that in mm. Illinois. And uh, here's the thing though. I mean, Chicago has all these gun problems. You know how many of those people who are, who are causing problems with guns have a FOID? Zero, mm. right? Yeah. So like you have the law in place, but there's also a law that says don't kill people too. You know how yeah. many people who are shooting people and killing people care about yeah. that law? They don't. I mean, so it's like, I understand that there's like, a, there is definitely laws that can be done that are more common sense. Um, but at the same time, you're always going to have people who are going to break those laws too. So, you know, where does it, where do you draw that line of reasonable? And, you know, where, at what point are you making it more difficult for, for people who are law abiding citizens who are actually going to follow the laws to get the things that they need and whatever. It's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a thing. Anyway. Uh, yeah. All right, TJ, what do you got? <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so uh, I guess I'll start with like books. Um, I, yeah, I'm, not a really, I'm not a really big reader. So I've been like getting into uh, some audio books, but I yeah, haven't man. really found anything that like I got super into. But <clears throat> I somehow fell into like theatrical podcasts. Interesting. So oh, it's yeah, kinda, sure. It's kind of like an audio book, but there's like a bunch of different voice actors. And like nice. the couple that I've been listening to like span like three to four seasons. So it's like quite a bit of content. Mm -hmm. And so like the one I've been really into now is uh, called Wolf 359. I'm writing um, this down. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. And I think the other one was uh, called like Ars Paradoxica. Uh, they're, they're both great. Um, they're both still going on like the Paradoxicas and it's like third and final season and like Wolf 359, I think is still going on, but I'm just like wrapping up listening to the fourth season. Uh, it's, it's really good. I like it. It's like more interesting to me than like an audiobook because it's got like different voice actors and it feels like kind of like you get like really involved in it. So 
Can I uh, interject here real quick? Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this today, actually, which is uh, it's just interesting to me. So this last weekend, we just put up a shiplap wall in our house, which if you if you know who Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines are and Fixer Upper, then you'll know what shiplap is. But my wife likes it, and so I did it. So anyway, shiplap is actually a very old thing. So they used to use shiplap to wrap houses before they had like the modern materials we use to wrap houses to make them airtight and stuff because it's like tongue and groove. And so what ended up happening is people who are rehabbing old houses would tear out the plaster drywall and find this shiplap, and they'd say, "Oh, that looks pretty cool. Let's just continue to use that there." So it became like mm -hmm. a became like a, a cool thing, right? So now people put it up in their not in their new houses. But I was like, man, that's like. It seems like there's so many things that are like the old becomes new again. Uh, and it's just the recycling of like old yeah. ideas just slightly tweaked, right? And it's so funny because like you're listening to these new dramatic podcasts. It's like, dude, that was radio before For there was sure. TV. Like yeah. that's what they had. They had like these dramas. The yeah. Like, and it's just so funny. And I was thinking today, like, man, maybe what I should be doing is like looking back and being, okay, what, what thing is like still just out of date, not cool yet? but like was something that they used to do that I could make popular again. Like if you got in on that train and like we're the person who brought that back, <laughs> I'm serious. Like it sounds so silly, but like there's so many instances of this where it's like, you know, those hemp things that hung like stupid, stupid, uh, uh fern baskets in the middle oh of my your, God. in the middle of your dining. You remember that? Yeah. That was a thing. And it was like, that <laughs> yeah. was so nasty, ugly back then. Like when I was growing up, but like, I guarantee you give it 10 years, everybody's going to have them again. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's those stupid, uh, uh, the stupid little, those plants with like the little uh, terrarium things, you know, that you spray those little air plants and stuff. Those are, those were cool, you know, <laughs> forever. It's just, there's so many of these things. Anyway, I can't I wait to check out your new Etsy shop. Oh my gosh. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm done. Uh, all right. So there's your books. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Podcast it's, stuff. Very I've got cool. Like such a, I've got like a pretty arduous commute right now. And, uh, it's like uh, about like 45 minutes to an hour, like each way. And like, uh, this has been like great filling that time. Like, and it's cool. not like dev related. Like I've had to give like yeah. development podcasts a break. Cause I just yep. like, it wasn't like enough of a mental break for myself. It's like coding at mm -hmm. home, coding at work, listening to like code related podcasts in the car. It was just like, it was getting to be too much. So this is like a really, like, I don't know, it's a really good separation for me. That's cool, man. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, your brain just needs a break sometime. I listen to This American Life a lot, which is really good. It's not mm -hmm. a drama, but it's it's just interesting stories. Yeah, there's other ones that I listen to. Like I listen to uh, like whenever like one of the Moth Radio ones comes out, I listen to that oh, one yeah, too. Yeah. Um, just like it's been like a lot of like story based like podcasts that just like it's different enough and it's like something to give my brain like a whole nother thing to think about. Um, That's cool. I found it like really you know, it at least mentally gives me that break to kind of like help like stave off burnout that mm -hmm. it's been really rewarding. Like I'm a little like worried now that I'm finishing up like the Wolf 359 one. It's like, shit, what am I going to listen to next? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find something for you. Uh, have yeah. you listened to all the, um, uh, there's an, there's a good podcast called Invisibilia and then the uh, there's one, it's by This American Life. It's kind of like Making a Murderer. What's it called? Do you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember what it's called. I'll have to figure it out. I'll send it to you. Oh, man. Are you talking about the one that was um, S-Town? No, S-Town was good, though, too. S-Town was really good. S-Town was good. That was awesome. I loved that. Yeah, I'll check out I this uh, Invisibilia one. Yeah, Invisibilia is good. That could be cool. Yeah. So uh, so there's, yeah. Yeah, so it's like books and stuff. Man, work has been like all over the place. I've been like diving into uh, 
a couple like facets that have been like really interesting lately is like we've like the primary API that I've been working on now is been um, we've been rolling it out completely in production and like moving a couple of things over from just like standard style AWS, like basically like a VPS hosting into like containerized Docker Swarm. And the deployments with that have just been fantastic. You know, That's I awesome can, to hear. I can scale them like super quick. I've got like a really good like rolling deployment with them. So it's like, it'll make sure they're like healthy before it spins up the next one. And um, it's super configurable. And like, we've had a couple incidents where we've like shipped like a couple minor bugs and uh, didn't have enough time to roll forward. So it was, you know, a single command away from rolling all like three or four instances of it back. And like, I, it's been awesome. I, I feel like it was so much work to get to this point of like a lot of learning, a lot of like fine tuning, like everything from like the development workflow to CI to like deployment that uh, it's really nice to be at the place where it's like I can ship like super confidently and it goes really smooth. So that's been like really cool. And I've been Is that instead on, like, of Rancher? Yeah. So it's all using um, Docker's like swarm coordination because right. i know you were using rancher before the last time you were showing me the amazing hotness that you had built it was all on rancher so it's on swarm yeah. now yeah so like swarm is like docker's native coordination mm -hmm. in like multi-node platform and i think the two front runners right now are like docker swarm and like kubernetes is like kubernetes, the other yeah. the other big one um there's also like mesos which is pretty popular but i think that's kind of like falling away to like kubernetes I mean, either platform's great. I know like Paul Redmond is like big in Kubernetes and uh, I've been I've been loving Swarm. Like for me, like anytime I've made the choice to stick with like native Docker platforms, it's been really rewarding for me. So like sticking with, um, you know, Docker's like Docker for Mac engine or, you know, switching from Amazon's container reg like registry where we store all of our like um, mm -hmm. application images over to Docker Hub, like that was like a really good decision and that's been paying off, you know, kind of sticking with Swarm, like moving from Rancher over to Swarm, which is like Docker Native's platform. That was like, that's been paying off really well. That's awesome, man. It's good to hear. And that's good advice for those of us who are kind of just getting into it. Like don't really, you know, it's better to kind of stick with the, delf not the default, but I guess it is the default, right? The native, uh, then it is kind of experiment and play around with the other ones at the end of the day. It's probably just best first to stick with stuff, what, yeah. yeah. Stick with it's first like, party, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good. Cause it's like, I also only have to go to like one place to get documentation for anything, you know, and, and the company, like as far as like Docker, the company's concerned, like they've been fantastic to deal with. And, you know, if you're looking for like a hosted platform, their Docker enterprise, like we looked into that too, just because of the things we have to deal with, with PCI, it made, it was easier for us to make the decision to keep it all in our infrastructure. But, um, you know, we did look into their like enterprise solution and that's super solid as well. I know like Paul uses, um, Google cloud platform. And if like, that's your kind of like platform of choice, I think Kubernetes might be a better, a better choice for you. Um, but yeah. that's like, that's because like they're, they're all in on that. So I think there's like decisions to be made based on what you're using, but like, I found a lot of success with Swarm. That's awesome. Um, do you have anything controversial for us to, uh, talk about or to, uh, controverse about, or if not, that's okay. No, I don't. Okay. You're pretty, I, you're yeah, pretty easy. You're, you know, you're a pretty easy going guy. You don't like to rock the boat too. Well, I don't know. You have opinions, right? But you're not like a, uh. You're yeah. not like a get, in your, get up in your face sort of guy. 
No, no, I've definitely got opinions, but it's um, uh, what's the phrase like? Uh, something about like strongly held opinions, but they're like also easily flexible. I don't know. I feel like Sandy said something yeah. about it in her uh, Laracon online talk. Strong opinions, loosely held. Yes, that is it. That's that's kind of how I am. Like you know, I've definitely got like strong opinions about things, but like I'm definitely open to be like swayed about them. So sure, like I you're not I convinced that you have the all the answers. Right. So I think like controversial stuff for me is like always a pretty fluid topic outside of like Michigan roads. Like that's BS. Those- that's not even controversial dude that's just bad we actually it's so funny because like my wife was we were driving around and you know the roads get bad every winter whatever like these potholes and stuff she's like oh my gosh these roads are so bad and i was like not compared to michigan roads not compared to michigan roads they are horrible though it's so bad like it's actually back seeing the road conditions in michigan like on the front page of reddit was like kind of eye-opening for how bad it really is it's bad it's it's terrible i remember when when we were dating she would be like driving out to michigan she'd be like the roads are so bad and i'm like seriously because i'd only i've lived in michigan my whole life i was like it's not that bad is it yeah it's that bad yeah (laughs) yeah there's like a section of road up here that like the pothole is like about the size of like a regular like like a a regular sedan and it's just like (laughs) it's so bad that like the rebar from the road is like showing it's like worn away like it's so nasty right now so they say isn't, there's two. There's isn't two Michigan seasons like the in home of the car in America or something like yes. that. Yeah. How yeah. how horrible is that? Like yeah. they the say automotive <laughs> capital of the world, and like the roads are just despicable. You um, don't test the cars; they just build them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the joke was always: there's two seasons in Michigan: winter and construction. Yeah. Because it's like <laughs> that's like that's like the road. I mean, if it's not, I mean, they they work on the roads all summer long, and then it's like winter comes and it just destroys them, and then it's, it starts <laughs> over. It starts Dude, the was, cycle again. I was going to a doctor's appointment today, and I'm like driving there. I'm like, I left like just on time. You know, like I never run early or late. I'm typically like just on time, and I get close to. Uh, I get maybe like ten minutes away from my doctor's office, and the highway just goes down to one lane. <laughs> Cause they're like trying oh, to patch all the potholes and I'm like, yep. so it begins. <laughs> yep. No. Man, that's the worst. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Uh, Michael, uh, what do you think? What you, what you got going on? You got any, you got work books or movies and then controversial. And I know for a fact, as nice of a guy as Michael is, he's always got something controversial to talk about. I guarantee it. He's got something right, right <laughs> on the tip of his tongue. Always. I'll start with it then. No, <laughs> I am. I'm happy to pick a fight with someone, but I don't usually. I think stop it's an them. Australian thing. Mm. I mean, you guys, it's you guys and your fosters. You guys just drink so much of that stuff. You guys are always getting cranky and want to, you know, want to want to barbecuing yeah. shrimp and whatnot. Yep, exactly. Yeah, works works been pretty good. As I said earlier on in the in this episode, nine o'clock. On a Monday morning, I've got all these grand visions for the week and the things that I'm going to work on. And by 9.01, it's all all to tatters. And, and that's like at the start of the week. But then Tuesday is the same and Wednesday is the same. Like it's always uh, it's, it's, it's always a, a cycle of what am I going to work on today? It's, it's not really worth making any plans at the moment. I've got some loose goals. You know, I want to get this done where we're pretty close to shipping our CRM on top of Laravel now, which is good. We've we've deployed that out to a few people to test and we'll ramp That's that testing news. up this week. Nice. Yeah. 
uh, I've been talking to you a little bit, Jake, about our Active Directory integration. And yes, I wanted to talk that's, about that. Uh, that's that's coming along. It works. Uh, Microsoft tough. Active Directory stores time in 100 nanosecond intervals from oh like gosh. the 1st of January 1601 <laughs> or something weird like that. Of so, course it does. Yeah, so converting that to, you know, seconds and then converting that to Unix Epoch is is fun. But that that is the the one and only macro that I've ever written. Was, nice. I wrote a from a carbon macro from nanosecond intervals for carbon. Yeah. So nice. then I just pass the the old app for the Active Directory time into that, and it gives me a nice carbon object, which is good. So thank you to whichever wonderful human submitted a macroable upgrade or, or added that. I think that was in five five, wasn't it? The yeah. Illuminate support yeah. carbon object was created. So yeah, I mean, there's that. I, I touched on this. Uh, a wholesaler thing that luckily ended up not being a terrible experience to upgrade, which was which was good. It didn't take me too far off track. I think there's just some issues with their API and inconsistencies with the API and their web front end for the same. So I said, I think this is all working, but we've had issues with this in the past and I really don't want to have issues with it again. So I emailed them at like, five o'clock on friday so hopefully i'll hear back from them back at work on monday um so that's work it's 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 pretty good there's a lot of distraction there's a lot of new things like everyone's like oh if we could fix this one little thing and you start peeling away the edges and you, you said it's not a little yeah. thing unfortunately yeah, never it's, is never is the architecture is such that um like we've got some billing functions and the billing functions call other billing functions and you get three layers deep and then you realize that you have this one function that does pro rata calculations and it's like adding transactions and it's adding payments all in the same function. So, man, and then at the end, it just returns false. I'm like, well, oh my gosh, this is not done. Oh, but it's tested. Yeah. Okay. The, the tests show that it does what it's supposed to do, I suppose, but it, it's all hairy and I look forward to being able to untangle it at some stage. So it's like, oh, we want to, there's a, there's a national, there's an official in quotes, national addressing thing, uh, database that we get from the Australian government via another organization that's responsible for collating this data. So every three months they put out a new updated file and we import that. And that allows us to use a, a common addressing format for all of our, customers which works really well for service addresses for physical locations but in terms of billing it doesn't really work because it doesn't account for like post office boxes and it doesn't account for we've got one business that has a billing address in the united states so we've got to figure out how do we shoehorn that into this system without yep. changing too many moving parts so yeah all of all of these adventurous things that just crop up that that derail my days and weeks at the moment yep. but we're getting there. Good. This uh, the the Laravel upgrade, I think, will at least make it easier for us to start making changes more rapidly and more confidently. I think at the moment, the way that the system is put together, we're using handlebars, and the main customer like page is a is a customer panel, and it loads all of its templates in as handlebar templates via. Ajax requests and then we have issues with caching of the HTML templates and things like that. So mm. 
<sighs> one day we'll get around it. But yeah, yeah the, the first goal is move it all to Laravel and then then we can figure out how one we can start time. like making yep. everything native Laravel. Yeah, one step at a time, my man. Yeah. So um, baby steps, but we're getting there on that. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, what have you been... Have you read anything recently or any good uh, movies you've watched? I'm, I'm like TJ. I don't really read a lot. Um, I have so far read the first chapter of Paul Redman's PHP developers. So I'd like to read some more of that. I think it would be reasonable for us to look at using Docker potentially for some of our development in the initial stages yeah. for some of the projects we've got coming up just to just to make that environment a little bit more portable than it is currently. There's it it deploys nicely, but the initial installation is a bit a bit hazy at the moment. So having something that's hundred percent reproducible everywhere depending on you know whether it's or irrespective of whether it's local development or production or whatever will be nice. So yeah, there's there's that I've read a little bit of. Uh, we went and saw Black Panther last week, which was sick. Oh, I love it. Yeah, um, I'm really, just, was I'm really it excited favorite Marvel about that. so far. What was that, Jake? Favorite Marvel movie so far? Um, I still think Thor Ragnarok. I I hope I hope nobody takes this the wrong way. As a straight white male, I don't. I have not, and and I don't visibly see it here so much. So I don't get the the representation thing but having seen this film i totally get it because it it flipped everything absolutely on its head all of the everyone was you know they were all african they're all wakanda's all um, an african nation just seeing that from my perspective uh, which probably doesn't mean a lot because you you sit there and you sort of think there's something about this film that doesn't feel like familiar and and like you realize exactly what it is and i i think it's great i think marvel has been pushing the envelope with all of its films for for a while and it's it's doing these kind of things it's, i mean it's a disney thing really overall um you know black panther is a character that's been around in comic book form for a long long time but i think disney is really pushing diversity and and all that kind of stuff into the mainstream now <laughs> thanks jake this is from jake uh, is put up this, on the screen if you want to be a leader you've got to be a reader by, <laughs> by dr david noble and this is from this book 101 things i learned in business school there you go yeah that's obviously that. what jake's reading right now i just read that the other day no it's not <laughs> actually this was this was in a pile of books uh in my in my co-worker's office that had a sticky note on top of it that said goodwill and so he's going to donate these. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Mm -hmm. So I just picked it up. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say something about that too, that Black Panther. That's pretty, that that's interesting, but I'll let you finish your thought. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Marvel is 100% leading the charge here. They're doing it on multiple fronts through a lot of their properties. You know, they're doing it through Marvel. Uh, sorry, did I say Marvel? Disney. Disney's doing this. They're pushing it through a lot of their properties. They're doing it through Marvel. They're doing it through Star Wars. You know, they're pushing. Yeah. Um, the diversity in in terms of like female leads and strong female characters and you know with representation of different traditionally underrepresented groups so i think you know for all of the 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 rubbish that you might hear from you know white lives matter and all that crap like just 
accept it for what it is. This is edging into controversial territory as well. Um, you can make it that. You can make it that. Yeah. So as I said, I'm a I'm a straight white male. So I'm I'm certainly not in a position to comment on on what it is like. But I've seen you know some of the there was a reaction video that went around Twitter a while ago, and it was like three young black guys they're like cheering at at the side of this Black Panther poster that's got like all of the the characters on it were um were black as well so i i think it's fantastic to be honest um i thought i saw a funny twitter comment that said like the only white guys in this movie are tolkien white guys um <laughs> <laughs> michael, michael just spit milk <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was taking a drink of strawberry milk as I said that. And he just, it almost so came good. out his nose. Because uh, the only guys wow. that are in it are from mm. uh, like Lord, Lord of, of the Rings, Rings right? Yeah. So if you know yeah. Lord of the Rings, is Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and That's so, so they're Tolkien. They're the only guy. The white guys are Tolkien white guys. Yeah, uh, I, like so I, thought, I thought that was pretty. Just funny. on that, Andy Circus was hilarious. I was in stitches every time he was on screen. I can't wait to go see it. And, we're like, yeah. my wife and I are due for a date night, and I think that's what we're gonna go do. That's we're awesome. We're gonna yeah. go do that, or there's uh, this bar that just opened up. Like, we don't drink, but there's this bar that opened up where you can go axe throwing. Oh, sweet! <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. right up your alley, dude. It's, I mean, it fits with the beard, so. It does. It does. You just wear your, just wear your flannel. You'll fit right in lumberjack style. Yeah, yeah. So no, I've been really wanting to go see that, and then I'm really also looking forward to uh, what's the other Marvel movie that was just announced? Venom. Mm. Yeah, I think the Venom movie was just announced, right? Oh, Venom. Yeah, that's yeah. I, know. I haven't Hobart, seen I think, that. November. I'll just check that out. Yeah, have you seen the trailer for that yet, Michael? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you I, I want more Venom. Yeah. I've always been a Spider-Man fan, but I've always liked Vellum, Vellum? Venom as Venom an and Carnage. So. Have you ever seen Carnage? Carnage no. is also like a Spider-Man thing. Yeah. yeah, I think those are like the first two like Marvel movies that I'll probably... I haven't seen any other Marvel movie in theaters, so I think it's going to be Black Panther and Venom. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I mean, who knows? Come July, I probably won't see any movies for God knows how long anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I may be preoccupied. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. I wanted to say about uh, the representation thing. So I always like never really gave much thought to it. Uh, I can't remember if it was a post by Matt Stauffer, but they kind of flipped it on its head and I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. And the, the idea was uh, they were like, as a black person, uh, if you like go in and like you're trying to find like a Mother's Day card for like your mom, like you ever look at like there's never a picture or rarely, or maybe there's one of like a black family or Mm. whatever. And I was like, that's true. And that's, that would be frustrating if I was like, yeah, yeah. if that was flipped, you know what I mean? And like, it was the same thing. Like I went to, this is before we had our our last kid and we were at the, um, we were at the, whatever, we were going to get a sonogram and there's like all the baby pictures on the wall. Right. And Mm. there wasn't like one picture of like a black baby. And I was like, I would be so pissed off if I like yeah. that's and I was like when I when I realized that I was like oh my word like that's so true like you don't think about yeah. that until like exactly. it's, your eyes are opened and you're like that's totally true like and if it was flipped mm-hmm. I would be super stoked about a movie that featured just people that were the same skin color as me you know mm-hmm. so I get it like I mean 
I say I get it. I don't get it, but you know what I'm saying. No. I can I can yeah. um, empathize on some small level. I, so yeah, I can it's appreciate it, it's, what it's they're cool. what they're uh, experiencing. Yes, because for us, we don't see it. You don't go to a movie and go, "Wow, Correct. there's a white guy in there." You go, Correct. Oh, it's just it's just a movie, right? So this this was I. I think I made this, I, I posted this on Facebook, not on Twitter. Uh, the other one at the moment, which is kind of in the forefront for us uh, in Australia is the, the women's AFL competition. So Aussie rules has always been a, a male dominated for a hundred years. It's a male, male sport. There's only a professional level or the highest level of Aussie rules is, is a men's league. And last year they started the AFLW, so the women's league. And I watched, you know, I didn't watch it actively, but I, I put on three or four games through the season. It was like, a, it's a two-month season. They play in the lead up to the the main men's season in the early part of the year. And the, the skills are not there, but they give 100%. They're out there playing at, at the top level as as young women. And and now near me, there's a there's an oval and it's, great walking past there and seeing like young girls that are now out there playing football because in 10 15 years those young girls will be at the same level that the guys that have been playing football their entire lives the girl the the women that are playing in the women's league now they've been playing for two three years they've been doing it part-time it's been you know aside from their their main jobs whereas the men they've been playing since grassroots level since they were you know five years old old enough to hold a football for sure and they've got you know, their entire lives worth of practice. The women, two, three years. And people, you know, people are the same. They're like, oh, you know, the skill level is crap. It's never going to take off. But this is the thing. It's 13 years, 14, 15 years of experience against one year or two years. The the best and fairest or the basically the league MVP last year, Erin Phillips, she's she's an Olympic basketballer. She, um, her father played for my club uh, in, the, in the local league. And... Like she's an Olympic athlete, so you know this is where we're at, where people are crossing over to play this. Um, so it'll be good in, and as someone who may or may not be having a daughter in six months, I want them to be able to have every opportunity, you know, as many opportunities as possible to do as many different things as possible. So I, I think you know representation, not just of people of color, women, women of color, all you know gender identities and things like that now as well like there's no reason that anyone should and i mean it happens but there's no reason anyone should be left out based on whatever like any characteristic really 100 percent, man there you go man there you go i also uh want to take a second and commend you on like not knowing the gender uh how my wife <laughs> and i didn't know like we were like pretty certain it was a girl Mm -hmm. ended up not being but like i think that was one of the best decisions that like we made was like that's cool not knowing and so like i definitely like i mean everyone's got to make decisions on their own but like i think that was like a really good decision for us and i like definitely recommend it to people because it's like it's yeah. a really like rad surprise are you guys doing that yeah. again this time around tj <laughs> I don't I know, man. You we'll promised you were going to stop that. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, oh, my bad. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> just waiting for the phone yeah, call. It's been, it's been cool. Re, hey, Uncle, Re Uncle has Jake, we're having another. Been trying to break me. <laughs> what was that, Jake? 
Nothing. Nothing. Nothing important. Nothing. I was just being an idiot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray. Ray has been trying to break me. I have held strong so far. We're at we're at twenty one weeks tomorrow, so we're we're past the halfway mark now. Things are ticking along. Uh, we've got another scan in like three weeks, but yeah, she's like, "You sure you don't want to know? It'd be make my life easier." <laughs> so I had to go and hang some picture frames in the in the nursery today, and it's getting to the point where, like, my ability to help Black, out in there yeah. is is slowly like diminishing because now she's going to start introducing colors and things oh, like no. that. So you're going to have oh, to know, dude. man. You're going to have to figure it out which that's, sucks, but that's like really tough one knowing and the other one yes. not like that would have been yeah. like impossible for us like that would have like yeah. that would have been so impossible that like there's no way that could have <laughs> happened but like we so we went in for a scan and like we were pretty sure it was a girl but like it was still kind of early and so like we left and we were like well let's just not get another one well, let's not like get another one and like find out what it is like we got a, mm-hmm. we had like a couple more scans but we were like let's not find out like let's at this point like let's leave it a mystery from like here on out and i think that was like a great decision it's gonna be hard for the sonogram techs because like i've heard of people being like looks like he's doing well and you know his head is the right size and people are like wait 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 he his you know what i mean like yeah like you know that must be hard for them to like exclude those pronouns from the vocabulary as they're talking Mm. about the baby whatever whatever Mm. i would feel so awful if like i was the person like oh man dude i mean honestly those people those people have got a really tough job i mean like imagine having to be the one to say like things aren't going well you know and the thing is like that happens probably on a pretty regular basis like there's none mm-hmm. of those people who haven't had to like give that bad news to like a doctor to tell the family like you, they've, they've got to deal with that probably weekly you know there's a lot of uh, people yeah. who lose who lose children so that sucks but okay we are getting close to like we're at over an hour here so i'm gonna i'm going to just go real quick work i've been able to pass off a lot of like i've i think i reached a breaking point this last week where i was like Okay, like my other teammate here, my other developer who has been here for like over a year and there were some really important things that needed to get done that I felt like I needed to do because they were like super critical pieces and mm-hmm. I was working on another project that was basically said, you have to get this done this week and so I was like, all right, like I don't have a choice. I have to delegate this and I was like, all right, we're going to do it and so I did and it was scary for me a little bit but he delivered, he did really good and I was super stoked. And so I feel like I can kind of pass that torch a little bit and really give him some more responsibility. And it's really nice to have some extra help with those sorts of things that are like critical and really need to be done correctly. And, uh, it's a little bit scary because you almost, you come to a point where like you almost, you don't start to feel irrelevant, but like you're not as needed anymore. You know what I mean? Like you're not like the only person who can do that. So it's a little, it is a little bit of like a, just a thing where it's like, I have to let go. Like I have to quit holding on so tightly to some mm-hmm. of that stuff and be like, all right, you can do this and empower him to do that. So, uh, that's been really good. And I feel like we're just, we're, we're developing a, a better just trust. And then we're going to be hiring another developer soon as well. So, uh, that'll be good for me to have kind of developed that, uh, we're, uh, I made a cool kind of like game this week, which is fun that I actually got to make a game for my job this last week. Uh, it's because our organization is getting larger and we're really huge on culture here. And we want to make sure that we know all the people who work for us. And so we have about 170 mm-hmm. employees and it's really difficult to know everybody when you have that many people. Wow. Yeah. You just don't see everybody every day, you know, but like they're all around. 
And so there'll be like new hires that come in that have been there for like a month and I'll see them in the break room and like don't know who they are, no clue. No. So the CEO was like, I want something that will help me know everybody. So you guys saw this on the chat, but like, it's yeah. basically like we have the faces, like the, you know, the avatars, like we take headshots of everybody that comes in for like their, for their name cards and stuff and um, built a thing that'll like go through those. We'll show a face and then show four random names of people in the building and then you have to select which one you think it is and it'll tell you if you're right or wrong it will record an attempt for you and then it will record how many times you've gotten that person correct how many times you've gotten that person correct in a row and then it'll give you like a proficiency score like if you get them right five times in a row it will mark you as like proficient with that person and it'll show them to you less often based on the algorithm so it's really cool that so i showed it in our leadership meeting this last week and the ceo was like stoked, super excited about it. So that <laughs> nice. was really fun that, I, that they made that like my top priority. Like Jordan made that my, my, my boss made that my top priority this week. Like you have to get that done. And so that was su super cool to be able to play with that and, and make that, uh, make that for our company. So that was fun. So that's what I've been working nice. on this week. Books, uh, and movie. I watched founder this last week, which was uh, the story about the guy who, mm -hmm. uh, Ray Kroc for McDonald's. Uh, I won't give anything yeah. away, but I will say it was very good and it was uh, awesome. Michael Keaton is a really good actor and uh, did a great job in that movie. So that was fun to watch. Mm. Books I'm reading, just finished one called The Truth About Employee Engagement by Patrick Lencioni. It's really, really good. It talks about uh, three factors that people need in order to be able to feel engaged at their work. And he's basically, uh, you could like subtitle it like the war on job misery. Like he like makes it his personal mission to make sure that people like don't hate their lives or are miserable at their jobs and kind of talks about three things that you can do to help prevent people from being miserable at their jobs. It's a really easy read though. Half of the book, actually probably three quarters of the book is uh, like a fiction story that he kind of just makes up to kind of illustrate the points of it. Uh, but it's a very good read. The three things are anonymity, immeasurability, and irrelevance. Those are the three things that you have to avoid to make people not feel miserable at their job. I'm not going to go into all of it because we're already at an hour eight. Um, maybe I'll talk about it on our next episode. Um, last thing I was going to talk about, which was controversial, was Laravel certification. I'm getting it, and I don't care <laughs> if you guys don't like it. So screw <laughs> you. I mean, whatever, man. <laughs> I just know. never worked for me. That's fine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like, I mean, whatever. I, I take the stance on that. Like, if that's something you want to do for you, like, go for it. But it's like strong, if I strong see opinions it, loosely held. But if I see it like on a resume, if I'm hiring and I see that on a resume, like it's not really going to make a difference for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It almost like in your mind, I feel like it would almost be a point against them. No, you'd I mean, like, like you'd I be think like, that's this like, dude's a douchebag. I he think feels that's like, like certification. <laughs> I feel like that's your decision. Like it's something that like, if you want to do, like, I feel that that's great. I do not feel it's a requirement and it doesn't, necessarily give any weight to you in my like stack of resumes that I'm looking at. Sure. Um, sure. but like, if you want to do that, like go for it. I'm not going to like, mm. I might like poke fun at the concept, but I'm not going to like call somebody out and like directly poke fun at them and be like, Jake, I can't believe you got that. Like, Oh, whatever. I mean, I yeah. might because TJ it's would Jake, never do but... that, but I certainly would. <laughs> no, Michael would. I mean, I might do it just because it's Jake, but like, yeah, right. Like, I, it doesn't like disqualify you, and like, or I'm not gonna like. It doesn't give you weight either way in the stack of yeah, resumes yeah, sure. I might be looking at, but like, sure, like whatever. Like, I'm I'm not gonna get it. I don't like. I mean, what whatever. I haven't talked to anybody who has it, so I'm interested just to see how difficult the questions are. 
and what it feels like. Like I'm, I'm really interested to kind of give that feedback to you guys even to just see like, well, I thought it was like either a total joke and like anybody who's read the documentation can pass it or, wow, I've been developing in Laravel for like three and a half years or four years and I feel like it was still pretty difficult. Like, I don't know. I have no mm. idea. So I'm interested just like to get like, like a, if nothing a first else, person you will learn things about the framework, be, you know, because we know we've talked about this before. It's so big and there's so much in it that there are things in there that you don't know exist. There are things in there that I'm sure Taylor wrote that he forgot exists. Yep. So, yeah, if you're as as I've said, if you're in a position to get it, or if your employer looks on it nicely, or if your employer is going to pay for it, and you think that, that you know it'd be useful for yourself, uh, sure, go for it. Um, yeah. As TJ said, if I got a resume on my desk and it said Laravel certified, it's certainly not going to go to the top of any piles, and it's certainly not going to go into its own pile because I'll look at everything else. And I'll see, you know, do you have a GitHub profile? Are you active on Twitter? Do you engage with some form of community? What is your, you know, what does your experience look like? All of those things. Dude, I'll be honest. If um, like any of the, if they have any of those things, I mean, we've been looking yeah. for developers. If they literally have a GitHub profile that has anything on it that's like of any value, yeah. if they are involved in the community at all, if they've done yeah. anything, they literally go to the top of the pile. Because yeah. I don't know about you, the list of applicants that I have are like, None of them. Most of ninety yeah. percent of them don't have any of that stuff. Yeah. So if they have Laravel certification on there, uh, not because not because I think that Laravel certification is like the best thing in the world, but probably they're going to be the only person in the stack that even has Laravel experience. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like that's my that's how it has been for me in my search for people. Like it's just insane. Yeah. Like when I search for people, it's like I look for things that are interesting talking points. And for me, like that's a great talking point. And I think it will speak to a lot of, like if I ask you, if I see it on your resume and I ask you like, why did you get the certification? And like, how did you go about getting it? And like, I think that like the answer to that question reveals a lot about like some of your core community beliefs or some of the way you feel about like the industry or development skills. Like I think that that's like the answer to that I'll get way more value out of than the fact that you actually have the certification. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's going to kill me to not talk about this book just for a second, just to kind of define those three terms. Cause I just feel like it's so important <laughs> and good. So I'm going to real quick. Uh, irrelevance is like the idea that like your job does not matter. So like the thing that they say is like the people need to recognize or need to be able to see that their job impacts the life of another human being. Like it's specifically mm -hmm. phrased that way on purpose. Like you need to see how your job affects the life of another human being. And as like a manager or as like a team lead, it's your job to help your developers on your team see that connection. Like that's your job as, as that person is to make that connection for them. Measurability is that people need to be able to see that they can that they're progressing or that they have like mastery of some sort of of some sort of item right like as humans we love that desire or that not the desire but the pursuit of progress and if there's no way to measure yourself there's no way to know that you're progressing right it's everything you know it's the idea of like theory of relativity like if you don't have anything to measure yourself against there's no way to know how fast you're moving or whatever right so the idea of measurability uh, they said important, just as important as measurability, though, is the idea that like those metrics can't just be metrics for the sake of metrics. There's so many companies that have like, okay, how many lines of code did you write today? 
It's just the stupidest metric ever. Like it has to be related to their relevance, that idea that their li- their job impacts the life of a human. So you have to define what the relevance is, and then you have to make metrics that line up with or that meet up with that, that same thing. And the last thing is anonymity. And that's the idea that like people need to be able to be themselves and feel like they're known. So like in their workplace, uh, you as a lead developer or as a manager, or just as another employee, you need to take interest in the people that you work with. Uh, and they need to feel like they're cared about, like outside of just like their value as a worker or as a producer of code or, or whatever, right? They need to be known as a person. And so those three things they talk about, like if you're able to do those three things and nail those three things, uh, people, you can help make them less miserable at work. And as a result, like make them far more productive because happy people are productive people. Uh, so anyway, really, really good book. Um, what book is that again? It's called The Truth About Employee Engagement. Um, it's by Patrick Lencioni. And uh, like I said, it's a really easy read. Once you start reading it, it's like a fiction book. Like it, it's, it, you'll, you'll love it. If you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to like send you a copy, like just give me your address and I'll send it to you. It's really good. <laughs> oh, dude, um, I got it as an audio book. I can, I can, nice. I can get through this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and so sort of related to that the same author came up with uh, a, a book called um, uh, Ideal Team Player, which talks about these three aspects, hungry, humble, smart. And I was just going to say like our employing, our employee hiring process, like we've been going through hiring stuff and like literally we ask zero technical questions during the interviews zero like they're all character related questions uh like to see like uh are they humble like do they admit mistakes easily do they share do they share credit with others easily you know are they passionate about the things that they do like you know how driven are they those sorts of things because like you can teach stuff Mm -hmm. but nobody wants to work with a talented douchebag right nobody i don't care how much you know if i can't stand working with you it's not going to work out right but Mm -hmm. you can uh you can teach people uh that are like if you find the right people, they'll, they'll be, they'll be there for a long time and, um, they'll be contributing members to your team. Okay. Yeah. I'm done I think talking. That's like, I think that's like super solid values. And I think like what really works for me as far as like a interview and hiring process is like definitely like the first thing is just like having that like conversation and like mm-hmm. actually getting to know somebody. Yeah. And then it's like, as far as like a technical discussion goes, it's like no whiteboarding anything. Like it's it's having one like for me the technical interview is like a separate interview, and it is like partial just like technical discussion and partial just like actually pair programming on like a real thing, and like mm-hmm. that's super effective to judge like technical skills. But I always put the like soft skill conversation first because yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. don't want to get into a spot where I'm like working with a talented douchebag like that's like yep. not good for anybody <laughs> and like that honestly can tank an entire team correct mm-hmm. correct so anyway yeah um, this book this yeah. book will be a must listen for me awesome dude yeah i i would uh honestly like as i'm as i'm learning a lot of these things like really due to like our leadership team i almost want to like these are the sorts of things that i feel like i could give a talk about and actually be effective in. like i, I don't I feel like I'm I'm okay at coding, you know what I mean? Like a, a, I'm, a, I'm a decent developer, but I feel like I feel like I've kind of been like ah, I don't I hate to say I've been a leader, like that's not really what it what I mean, but like even if you've just been like studying it, it's worth like yeah. this is like a really like important topic and I right. think mm-hmm. like you've always provided really solid insights into like this side of the business. Like I think the three of us all kind of like moved into 
you know, like leadership positions inside of a team are all about the same time. And there's like a lot of stuff that I've picked up from you by like sharing a lot of these insights. So I definitely think that like doing a talk about this stuff is, is a great idea. And I think you're like a really good person to give that talk. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. And especially now, like while you're in the, in the sort of midst of learning it, yeah, that's now is the time because you're engaged with it. You're actively remembering it. You're actively using what you're learning as well. So now is the perfect time to be talking about it. Just as you would encourage someone who's learned a new technique to give their give their talk because they're it's fresh in their mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps it up for this show. All right. And now I'm going to cut in my end piece. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode with all four of. Uh, the cash money cohorts that came on today. Thanks guys for coming on. It's super appreciated. Um, if you like this episode, feel free to rate it up in your uh, podcatcher of choice. Five stars is always appreciated. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, at six live with a three at the end. Um, or let's see. I think that's, yeah, that's the only way to reach out at to Andrew us. Andrew Delpretti. Yeah, Andrew Delpretti. Yeah, Andrew was on here too. So you can reach out to him too, ask any questions, JavaScript stuff related to him. Um, you can find show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 41. I got it. I didn't even have to ask you again. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to ask you again. Yeah, All right, guys. That was right. That was TJ, like 30 seconds from when I said it too. DJ, it's 118, <laughs> man. Thanks yeah, for staying is. up with us. Oh, for sure. I was like laying right. in bed wide awake, so this was perfect. Sweet. All awesome. right. Always, always fun to have you on. Yeah, man. Always, always. I dig it. All right, hey, guys. When, when are we going to hear Multiplex? When is this going to be in my podcatcher of choice? Uh, I started editing it today, and uh, I should be finishing editing it tomorrow, so early next week. Like, I decided to scrap nice. the first episode because, like, I didn't feel great about it, and, like, the second one went really well. So I'm just, like, I'm just not going to – we're, we're going to keep that one. <laughs> There you go. Nice. So, We've had yeah. that happen one time. We did that one time. That's right. Remember that? Remember that, Michael? You have to have an unreleased episode. There must be one. Yeah. yeah. We had Just one episode like, that was really not great. It was like kind of clunky. Like Paul and I hadn't like talked together in a little while. So it was, uh, you know, like the second one was like, all right, we're like, we're in the swing of it. And it went in went the groove. Yeah. Smooth. Cool. Cool. So yeah. Early awesome. next week. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll give you some shout outs from here. And uh, from the Laravel News podcast, too. Sweet. Yeah, man. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you in a couple weeks. See you.